Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. We will be in uh, Luke chapter 21 this morning, if you want to find your way there. <clears throat> I'll be real honest, uh, I have wondered about this passage for, I guess, uh, many, many years, and kind of coincidentally, the Lord Kind of let me see what it means this week. And so, um, <clears throat> title is Purchasing Soul. Uh, that sounds like a very strange title, but I'll try to show you what that means as the message goes along. But let's, let's stand and honor God's word. We'll read just a, just a few uh, verses here and try to get into the message. <clears throat> Luke chapter 21, uh, verses 16 through 19 <clears throat> And ye shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinsfolk and friends. And some of you shall be, shall they cause to be put to death. And they shall be, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But there shall not an hair of your head perish. In your patience possess ye your souls. Let us pray. Lord, I am so thankful to be here. From the bottom of my heart, Lord, I'm just thankful that we're able to gather. Uh, thank you, Lord, for each and every person that is here. Thank you for all that are joining us online. Thank you for the lessons in life that we learn. And Lord, for just a little bit, I pray that you would um, take me out of the way. Lord, speak to your people. May we hear the word of God from the Holy Spirit, I pray in Jesus' name. And amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> So this text, if as I'm always teaching you guys in context, if you go back and read all the verses before it and you go and read all the verses after that, this text is talking about the end time, okay? And it's talking about, I mean, it, it's pretty bad when they put you to death, right? We, we agree that's a pretty bad thing. If, they, if it comes a time they start putting us to death for being a Christian, uh, it says, you know, that we'll be betrayed of our family, and that would be pretty bad. But there's a lot of bad things that happen. And then the verse that I've always tried to figure out is it says, In your patience possess ye your souls. One thing that I think threw me off was is what we think patience mean and what the Bible says patience mean are, are not always the same thing. And yeah, I think you have it on your sheet there. But the definition of the Greek word patience is steadfast, constancy, and endurance. That's the definition of patience. So now let's think of it. In your steadfastness, constancy, and endurance, you possess your soul. <clears throat> but then we think, well, what does the word possess mean? I don't, look, I don't think I put it on, on your sheet there. But the word of possess actually means to purchase or to obtain. Uh, literally in the King James Version, other places, this same Greek word is translated as purchase, obtain, um, to, to, to get something. So literally this is saying by endure you purchase your soul. 
So I want to preach about that this morning. I want to pre uh, preach about, and I, and I don't want anyone to think that I'm getting my theology wrong. I understand that Jesus Christ paid for our sins, okay? We're not talking about working for salvation or purchasing our own salvation. That's not what we're talking about. But we are talking about how do we, how do we, uh, um, how do we get our souls where they need to be? Now, we're not going to preach on the end times this morning, but as we read this text and as we look around the world, is it not true that the, that the time could come in the United States of America and in the day we're living, could the time come when they begin to betray us and put us to death? Is that possible? So how do we get through that? With patience. Patience is not, I'm not getting mad over the situation. Patience is enduring that, that, uh, that situation that you're going through. So how many of you know life doesn't usually work out as planned? Can I get an amen? Life doesn't always work out as planned. So me and Josh begin to, uh, this, this goes back sometime, we begin to plan out New Year's weekend. And we had a big to-do planned out for Friday night, and he worked so very hard, had all these details and all these things planned out. And it was just going to be a grand, glorious day. We're going to have the whole church out here. We were going to just talk about what God has done last year and, and bring in the new year, and all that was going to happen. And then we got sick. And I had, I had been planning for a very long time. I, for, for weeks and months, I've been planning when New Year's gets here, New Year's Sunday, I'm going to launch into a brand new direction for the church and, and present some new things we're going to do. And, and, and it's going to just be encouraging to go into the new year. And then we got sick. I told Brother Miguel, it's kind of like God didn't even ask me about my plans. He just went ahead and did it. I mean, he didn't say, Gary, is this going to interrupt what you're doing? No, he just did it, right? And it's like everything we had planned and everything we thought we were going to do and all that was going to be worked out just all got thrown out. So then you begin to think to yourself, you think to yourself, well, it's the same. It's just the devil fighting us. Well, that's one way of looking at it. And then you get to thinking, well, maybe it's not the devil fighting us. Maybe it's the Lord showing you what you were thinking you were going to do. God didn't want you to do that. That's one way of looking at it. Maybe a lot of things we could think maybe, but here's what God has showed me. One of our problems as Christians is we always got to figure it out. <laughs> Isn't that one of the problems? Why is this? Is it Satan? Is it God? Is it like, well, what's going on? We got to figure it out. But here's what, here's what the Lord began to speak to my heart as I had to throw out everything I had planned and all of my messages and everything that I was going to do and all the new things I was going to roll out. It, it didn't seem real appropriate to do that when most of the church is not here. And this is what the Lord began to speak to me. This scripture right here, in your patience, you possess your soul. We talked a little bit in Sunday school about it. But you know, this is not the time to quit. Amen? Come on, can I get an amen? This is not the time to quit. Sand Hill Church, phenomenal things are going on. I'll be honest with you, this has been a, this has been a roller coaster for me emotionally this week. I, I'm, I'm trying to keep a positive thing. I have plans for the new year. We have all these things planned out. So, some people start getting sick. I think, well, we'll get through it. And then some more people got sick. And then I thought, well, we'll get through it. And then some more people got sick. And then some more. And then everybody said, we're going to cancel service. We're going to do this. And I'm thinking, what, are, what am I supposed to do, Lord? But the Lord said, in your patience, you possess your soul. Again, that word patience is you keep going. You keep going. Is anybody getting this? See, in the Christian life, even in the Sand Hill Church, we, we can say, well, things were fantastic two weeks ago, but now sickness is here. 
I'm discouraged. I'm scared. I'm, let's, let's, just, let's, just, let's just pull back. How about if we just keep pushing forward? How about if we do that? Right? See, patience is endurance, steadfastness, and constancy. And But leaving the sickness out and what's going on this week and everything else, leaving all that, how many of you know, can we just be real honest? Can you guys, you, we don't have a lot of people here. You guys got to help me a little bit this morning. Can we just be real honest? In life, we run into obstacles. We have plans. They're thrown out the window. We thought it was going to go this way. It goes that way. We, we're going to do something new in the church. Nope, that didn't work out. Now, I, I'm not going to stand here and tell you that I understand it all. I, I don't. But I believe the Lord is letting me have a little bit of a vision. We always want to say, is that Satan? Is that God? Was we wrong? Was it our fault? Was it this? Was it that? And I, and I almost like the Lord just said to me, son, you don't have to understand that. You just have to keep going. Is anybody with me? You just have to keep going. You don't have to know, is it me? Is it Satan? Is it this? Is it that? What you do? You have to keep going. You got to, don't give up. Keep going. We're in the battle and we got to keep going. Listen, you say, it's hard to come to church when there's so many sick in the church. How about if they're taking our heads off? Would it be hard to come to church then? It said, when they put you to death, constancy and steadfastness is what's going to get you through it. Only time will tell. I, I don't know the answer to this question, but just as your pastor, I guess this is what I think. I think we've got some people here who love the Lord enough to love the Lord enough that if our government says, if you serve Jesus, we're going to kill you, some of us would say, go ahead and get it out because I love Jesus. Right? See, that's patience. That's patience. That, that is, I'm not going to let anything slow me down. I'm not gonna, and, we, and we can spend all morning talking about all the problems in life and all the distractions and all the things. Come, but the truth is, everybody here, you're old enough to know when you have plans, they don't always work out. And you're old enough to know life can throw you some curveballs. Amen? Life can just throw you some things, just knock the wind out of you. What do you do when that happens? You keep going. Sadly to say, sadly to say, we've seen a lot of Christians when that curveball came, they quit. Sadly to say, there are a lot that are no longer in church because they got that curveball they wasn't expecting. See, I don't preach a gospel that says if you're saved, life will always go the way you want it because the Bible doesn't say that. I don't preach a gospel that says, um, you know, if you just love Jesus enough and put him first, that life will be easy. But Kevin, the truth is, sometimes life is hard. Life is really, really hard. But the Christian life is steadfast, constancy, and endurance. Okay? That, that, is, that is the Christian faith. <clears throat> In the New Testament, this word patience is used uh, for a man who, a man or a woman who are not swerved from their from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith and piety by even the greatest trials. Let me read that again. A, a man who is not swerved from his deliberate purpose 
and his loyalty to faith and piety by even the greatest trials. I got that straight out of the Greek dictionary, and that, and that is how that word is used and how it is meant to. So what that says is you, you, you online are so committed to Jesus, there is no trial, there is no problem, there's no persecution that can make you quit serving Jesus. That's what we need right here. And that is patience, and that is where you purchase your soul. You know, the Bible is pretty clear. We don't get credit for starting. We get credit for finishing. There's a lot of people started to race, didn't finish the race. I found something this morning I didn't know. Turn your Bible with me to uh, Luke chapter 8. I'm sure it'll be on the board, but if, if uh, you want to look at it in the Scripture. Uh, Luke chapter 8. I've had this on my mind to preach on for some time. Uh, and I found it this morning, and I'll be honest, I had never seen this before. It just never dawned on me. <clears throat> but the parable of the sower, the sower of good seed, and we all know the parable. We've all heard it many times. And, and some of that seed, it, it, went, it went by the uh, wayside, and it, uh, the birds came and devoured it up. And, it did, and we, we know that that represents, Jesus told us what that represents. That represents those who hear the gospel. They, they don't receive the gospel. They die, and they go to hell. There was others who received it, and, and they were in stony ground. And it said they sprung up a little bit, but they never brought forth anything, uh, and, and, and they didn't endure. And then there was others who, were, who, uh, who grew up, that seed grew up among the thorns, and it said when they begin to, the cares of life and the things happen and they quit. And, and we all kind of know that. And then, it, then we go on to the, the fourth soil and it says that he sowed it and it brought forth food, uh, fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100. And so we say, well, if those who are genuinely saved will bring forth fruit and those others who quit won't bring forth fruit. And so we've preached that many times. We know that many times. It's a very familiar scripture. But something I had never seen until this morning, look at 8.15. <clears throat> but that on the good ground are they which in an honest and a good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with what? Patience. Patience. That is the exact same word we're reading in, in, in Luke chapter 21 there. Uh, it's the exact same word. And what is it saying? Those who get the real thing, they don't quit. Those who get the right thing, not only they bring forth fruit, but they continue going. We don't get credit for starting. We get credit for finishing. We've got to go all the way. We've got to endure to the end. And can I just tell you, if you are a Christian, whether you're just starting out or you've been saved a long time, there's a lot of things going to make you want to quit. Can I get an Amen. There's a lot of things going to make you want to quit. There's going to be a lot of things going to make you think, I can't go on anymore. But the Bible says in your patience, in your keeping going, you possess your soul. And we, church, listen, I know right now it's a little bit of a difficult time with the things that are going on, but can I just tell you, we might go through a whole lot worse. But our patience our endurance is what's going to get us through to the end. There is no stopping point. And I'll be honest, as a pastor, I've heard so many pastors say, I've heard so many pastors say through this last two years we've went through with COVID, you know, the church rose up against them. Half of them was mad. They wanted them to do this and half of them wanted to do that. And they were fighting with them and everything. And so many pastors are just quitting and, and walking away because churches are split over all this that's going on. And it's been such a horrible time. But can I just say, it's a confusing time to be a pastor. 
What is the right thing to do? What do we do? What do we not do? How, what is right? What does God want? There's a lot of confusion going on about a lot of things. But here's what God is telling me. Don't quit. Keep going on. Endure to the end. Keep your patience. We'll keep you all the way to the end. And here's my vow to the church. Whatever comes, whatever goes, we've got to be going on for Jesus. And there's no place to stop. Listen, Sand Hill Church, God has blessed us greatly. We're seeing great things on new people coming in, souls being saved. Our church is growing. Our, our people are growing closer to God. Guys, it's not a time to say, okay, we're going to take a break. We'll take a break. We're going to stop. We'll see what happens later. Now, I, I, I think everybody knows this, but let me just say this. If we back this thing up to 2020, I didn't have a clue what I was doing, okay? I think you all can say it, but I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I didn't know how to navigate through those waters. There was no other pastor I could saw, call and say, what do you do when, when COVID hits? Because no one had ever been through it. There was no book, book to read. There was nothing. Nobody knew how to get through that. I didn't know how to get through that. But can I just say, there are a lot of churches who decided because of COVID, we're going to put the brakes on and stop until it's over. And can I tell you, some of them never got going again and there are churches that kept going that are still going and here's what but Steve here's what the Lord's really been instilling in me and, and, and I just be honest I'm real real uncomfortable with this this is what the Lord's been instilling on me if the leader doesn't keep going nobody else will see if I get discouraged if I get down if I give up if I say we can't do this if I say it's too hard we're going down and I'm not saying I'm important because I, I feel like I'm the least among you, but I'm just saying we have a duty to keep going. But Brother Terry, can I tell you, if it is my job to keep going, it's mighty nice to look over my shoulder and see some of you behind me, knowing you're going to be there. See, I knew there were a lot of sick this morning, and I knew there was a lot of things going on, but I knew some of you would be here. I didn't wonder. I knew you'd be here. Can I tell you that means the world to me? Can I tell you, when they say, if you go to church, we're going to lock you up, I think some of you will still be here. Can I tell you, when it gets really ugly, I think some of you will still be here. When we're hiding in someone's basement having church, I think some of you will still be there. Because this is about patience and endurance all the way to the end. But can you imagine, can, can you imagine uh, when we endure, whatever we have to endure, when we endure all the way to the end, can you imagine seeing Jesus? Maybe they take your head off. Maybe they lock you up in jail. Maybe you go through bad things. But can you imagine when Jesus grabs you around you and puts his arm around and says, I'm proud of you, son. You didn't quit. Anybody want to have that? Anybody want to have that? We can't quit we got to go on. We, we've got to put Jesus first, and no matter what comes, what discouragement, what... Uh, <clears throat> I'm no different than the rest of you. Uh, the devil messes with my head. I have emotions, too. I, I get all these things. They mess with me in a great way. But, but God is clearly saying, in your patience... You, you, you possess your souls. And that's Let me read just a couple more scriptures. Uh, I'm sure they'll be on the screen. Revelation chapter 13. This is all the way to the end of time, uh, but we find patience is at the end of time. And I think this is important for us to remember. How many of you know we might be close to the end of time? Amen? We might, we might be close to these verses coming true. But in Revelation 13:10, <clears throat> he that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. 
And he that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and faith of the saints. Do you see what that says? Some Christians are going to be killed and some are going to lose their life, but in your patience and your faith, that is where the saints is at. In, in, in 4 and 12, Revelations 4 and 12, here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and faith of Jesus. So all the way to the end, when it's all said and done here, and there is life no more, and this world is over, what's going to get us there? When we, when we stand before Jesus, when we're in heaven, when this life is over, what's going to be there is your patience is what got you here. You know what your patience is? Your endurance, your steadfastness, your not quitting, your keep going. Is anybody with me this morning? Does anybody want to just keep going no matter how hard it gets? We're going to keep going for Jesus. And, that, and that's what we've got to do. That's, that's what God has called us to do, uh, no matter how difficult or confusing it might get. <clears throat> so let's look at the points real quickly here. <clears throat> the ones who have been patient. We have some patient people here this morning. I'm not talking about you, uh, it takes a while for you to, things to get to you. I'm talking about you haven't quit. I've said this a thousand times. But is there anybody here, really, that hasn't been hurt? Anybody watching this online that hasn't been hurt? Is there anybody that hasn't been discouraged? I mean, if you've been in church any time at all, you've been discouraged. You, you've, been, you've seen people do things discouraging. You've been hurt by other people. You, things didn't go the way you wanted in church. You've been discouraged. You, you've been let down. Things haven't went the way you wanted. Maybe you've been through time. Some of us have been around long enough to see churches shut down, churches split, churches, things, this and that and happen. We've had some bad things happen. But patient people keep going. Now, I don't want to get too deep into theology and, and it will go way over my head now. But let me just ask this question and give you something to think about. Is there a reason some people quit? And some people don't. <laughs> Is there a reason? See, I don't think it's grit your jaw and get through it. I think it's when you've got something inside you that won't let you quit. Right? And you say, that's kind of rude, Pastor, because some people, when it gets hard, they just quit. Listen, we've all, we've all been in church long enough to know. There are some times when it gets hard, people just aren't here anymore. And there's some people, no matter how much they've been hurt, no matter what has happened, no matter what has come and gone, they're still here because something can't quit. Is there anybody here who can quit Jesus? Listen to me. Is there anybody here that can quit Jesus? If you can quit Jesus, you need to come to the altar this morning because you don't have the real thing because we don't quit Jesus. He is our life. And there's something inside. But Terry, I've thought about a lot, especially since all that's going in on in Washington. But I've thought so many times, what are you going to do when they lock you up? What are you going to do when they tell you you'll never see your family again? What are you going to do when they tell you that you'll, that you'll, we're going to torture you or kill you? I'm not a brave man. I, I'm, I'm not a brave man. But here's what always goes through my mind. I cannot conceive of turning my back on Jesus. I, I can't conceive it. I'm not brave. I'm a coward. I don't like to suffer. I don't like pain. But I can't imagine saying, I'm not one of his. 
I'm on the devil's side. I, I can't imagine that. I, I, I can't do that. There's something inside of me. I love Jesus. And so we will get hurt. We will get discouraged. Things will happen. Anybody here ever have some thoughts from Satan? Anybody hear thoughts from Satan? Man, I did this week. Oh, my gosh. I'm out working, and, and, and I get a text. This one's sick. And then I think, well, we can make it. And then this one's sick. And I think, well, we can make it. And then this one's sick. I think, oh, we can make it. And then this one's sick. And then the devil says, see, church is over. Church is over. All that you thought was going on, that ain't going to happen. All that excitement for the new year, you can just forget that. Then Friday night, calls started coming in. Should we have Friday night? Should we not have Friday night? I felt like we should have Friday night. But I'll be honest. Oh, ye of little faith. I'm standing out there about three till, and I'm thinking, they ain't nobody coming. They ain't nobody going to be here. It's going to be me and Renee and Rachel and CJ. And then the Durfies showed up, and I thought, well, it'll be the Durfies, <laughs> Rachel, and us. And then Miguel and Amanda showed up, and then Steve and Charlene showed up, and then Kevin come in, and, and then we had church. What I'm trying to say is the devil gets in your head and says, just close everything down. Devil gets in your head and says, there's no future. Devil gets in your head and says, everyone's discouraged, just quit. The devil's a liar. Amen. The devil's a liar. He messes with your head. He discourages you. He gets things in your head. We've got to keep going, church. We're on the winning side. We've got to push forward for Jesus. But we will have, and it's not just that that's a little bit of pastor thoughts, but you guys have those thoughts. Don't you guys have thoughts? Someone did something to me. I don't want to go back to church. The things didn't turn out the way I want. I don't know if I want to go back. I've got this problem. We have these thoughts in our head from the devil. Well, listen, we've got to have patience and get past that and keep going for Jesus. I went home Friday night. I went home Friday night. I was so encouraged and so blessed by Friday night. Wasn't Friday night awesome? It, it was just so good. It was so encouraging. But I went home Friday night, and I was kind of on the mountaintop, and I was kind of, uh, you know, encouraged and lifted up. And this is what I thought, Brother Miguel. Devil, you stinking rotten liar. You told me that I shouldn't do that, and there was no hope, and there was no reason to do it, and I just ought to cancel the whole thing and quit. But God told me to do it, and we did it, and look how great it was. What I'm trying to say is, there's no one here that's above thoughts from the devil. We all have our heads messed with. But some people, Brother Steve, they quit. They quit. Listen, we don't quit. That's what this message is about this morning. We don't quit. We, we endure to the end. We have trials of life. We don't, we don't know what lays ahead of us. This new year coming, we don't know what lays ahead of us. There may be death laying out there. There may be death of a loved one laying out there. There may be great sickness come. There might be a car accident or a tragedy coming. There might be something bad happen in the church. There might be something happen from the government. There, there are a lot of things. China might make a new virus and send out. There, there's all kinds of things that might happen. But can I tell you, it does not matter. We endure. We keep going. We keep pressing forward. Josh has taught you guys this before. This was really what was on my mind to preach this morning. But, but Josh has taught you guys before. But listen to me and listen to me hard. But Steve, if I am not here next Sunday because I am dead, one of you brothers better pick up the mantle and keep this church going. And if that brother's gone, one of you better pick up the mantle and keep this church going. And if that brother's gone, one of you brothers better pick up the mantle and keep the church Because we don't quit. We keep going. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. You guys in on us? Because life gets tough sometimes. Life gets tough. Life gets hard. We keep going. 
So here's a big question. Here's the big question for those of you at home, for those watching online, for those that are here, here is the big question. What would it take to get you to quit? Isn't that a question? What would it get to take you to quit? You know, when the sun's shining and we're all feeling good and we're all getting along and the church is excited and there's lots of money in the bank and everything's going good, it's easy to come to church and say, I love Jesus. <laughs> Anybody with me? But when a lot of people are missing, or we've had death in the church, or there's heartache and pain, or maybe we're not getting along, like Sister Georgie said, you say, how can you say God's good when all that's happening? Because God's good when things are happening. How can you have a church that's having problems and still say, I love Jesus? Because I love Jesus. How can it look like there's no hope, but you're still excited? Because I love Jesus. And that's what we got to understand, guys. It, it, there, there's, there's a lot of bad things that are going to happen, but what will it take to make you quit? So I listed just a couple of things. There's fear. <clears throat> there is fear. There are those who, 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 whether they fear sickness, whether they fear the government, whether they fear being criticized, whether, whatever they fear, their fear causes them to quit. I hope that's nobody here. I hope that's nobody watching us online. There are those we have seen that when a loved one would pass, you know, a dear loved one, if it be a, if it be a spouse, if it be a child, if it be, you know, someone that's dear to you, isn't that about the hardest thing we can fathom going through? I mean, seriously, in life, what, what is harder than that to lose a spouse or a, a child? But is that enough to get you to stop loving Jesus? No. Now, I, I'll be honest with you, I, I can't comprehend that. I can't comprehend losing Renee, one of my kids. I can't comprehend it, my grandkids. But I sure hope that if God would allow that to happen, say, I can't quit for Jesus. Does anybody understand? Is anybody with me? What I'm trying to paint a picture of here is life is not always rosy. Life is not always easy. God didn't tell us it would be, but he did say in your patience, that's where you possess your soul. When you get to the end, that's what's going to get you there, your endurance, your steadfastness, your constancy. I like that word constancy. See, steadfastness, we think about not being moved. And, 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 uh, but, but constancy says, through it, I didn't change. Through it, I didn't change. Not only did I not quit, but we stayed, stayed constant. We stayed the same all the way through. And that's what we're called to do, church. So <clears throat> we already talked about church problems, persecution. I want to share something with you. I heard another preach, preach, preacher preach this. I thought it was actually quite amazing. Uh, and I'll just give you the, the, the quick thumbnail version of it. But I want, I, want to, I want to use this as an illustration. I heard a preacher use this. Um, I want to talk about three people in the Bible <clears throat> Jesus went to Peter and said, you're going to fail me. And what did Peter say? There is no way I will fail you. Peter said, I won't. No matter what happens, I won't. But how many of you know he did? <laughs> right, he did, right? And so Peter said, I won't, but he did. John the Baptist said... Christ must increase, but I must decrease. That sounded good. But how many of you know they put John the Baptist in prison and he got discouraged? 
He got so discouraged. I couldn't understand this when I was younger as a Christian, but he was the one standing on the bank of the Jordan said, this is the Son of God. I saw the Spirit descending down upon him, Father testifying of him. He called out to the world, this is the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. He made that announcement to the whole world, and then John the Baptist gets in jail, and he's locked up, and he's discouraged, and he, has a, and he says, go ask that guy if he's really him or not. I don't know if that's the right guy. See, Peter said, I won't, but he did. John said, oh, I can, but he couldn't. But then we have another one, and we, and we have the Apostle Paul. So, so Peter said, I won't. John said, I can. But you know what Paul said? I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> he, he, he was just honest enough to say, uh, not bragging, I'm not going to, and not, oh, I got this, I, you know, I can do this. But Paul said, you know, he, the, the Lord gave him that thorn in the flesh, and, and the Lord humbled him down. And Paul doesn't make any bones about it. I don't want to. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to do this. And so what is your point of that, Pastor? Well, we have three different attitudes there, but how many of you are glad to, to know that Peter and John and Paul are all in heaven tonight? Amen. They're, they're all made it to heaven. And what is my point? We, we have different attitudes. We have different personalities. We have different approaches. But in the end, those brothers, whether they said, I won't back up or I don't want to or, or I can do this, whatever they said, in the end, they, they persisted. Their patience got them to heaven. And that's how we're going to get there. That's how we're going to get there is our patience in, in the Lord. <clears throat> so... I understand that um, we can do nothing. And, and, and it's difficult preaching sometimes because the Bible clearly teaches we can do nothing and the Bible teaches that it is all about Him. Uh, but then there's a part that we, we have to do, uh, do it. And sometimes you can do these things, you say, well, are you saying that we're the ones keeping ourselves? No, 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 no. I, I don't believe that at all. I, I understand it. But I do think that we can structure the church in such a way uh, that we don't have persistent church, we don't have uh, uh, patient saints who continue to go. And we can also uh, structure the church in such a way that everybody's here and they're going to be patient to the end. So how do we get patience in saints? How do we get patient saints? <clears throat> I know I've criticized this a lot, but if you are coming here for an emotional high and half our church is home because they're sick, you're going to have a bad day. <laughs> you're going to have a bad day. In other words, if your Christianity, if your steadfastness, if your keeping going is tied to having a good emotional service that makes you feel good, so as when you go home you're uplifted, uh, you're going to be disappointed. And how many of you know that if it comes to the time where they're locking us up and putting us in jail, uh, that that emotional service may not happen? And sometimes we have emotional services and sometimes we don't have. And nothing wrong with having emotions. But here's what I'm trying to say. If that's what you build it on, it won't stand. It won't stand. Anybody here been a Christian long enough to know that there are some days you're so high you think you can almost see heaven? There are some days you're so low, you <laughs> think you're getting close to the other place. That's emotion, people. It's up and it's down. It's up and it's down. How many of you have been in church long enough? Sometimes we come out here, maybe not even expecting it, and God just comes down and it's the most phenomenal thing you've ever been a part of. It just You'd walk away here just thinking, man, I could spit in Satan's face. How many of you know sometimes we come out here 
And it's not like that. What I'm trying to point out is we're not going to build patience on emotion, on having a good feeling, because you don't always have a good feeling. Anybody ever woke up on Monday morning and didn't feel too saved? I have. I woke up on Monday morning and said, I know I'm saved. I feel so saved. I, I, you know, I could sit down on the right hand of the throne. And there's other Sunday, Mondays I woke up and I said, man, I, I wonder if I was ever saved to start with. You know what that is? It's emotion. But I'm not going to heaven on my emotions. And if we build a church that's on emotions, can you just imagine right now, I, I, not, to, not to rabbit trail, but can you just imagine right now, I think that's what's going on in a lot of churches. There were a lot of churches that were built on nothing but emotion, and when COVID hit, they just collapsed. People were scared. They knew if they come to church, they wouldn't get their emotional fix. They knew they wouldn't get all feeling good and going home all lifted up. And they said, why even go? I might catch the virus. I'm going to stay home. But if you're not coming for an emotional high, you're coming for Jesus, you still come. Does anybody follow? So it's, we're not going to build an emotion. What about this? How many times have you seen uh, that people say, I'm following the pastor? Bad idea. Bad idea. Most of you have been here long enough to know you can follow some pastors and, and, and they will greatly, greatly let you down. And I may greatly let you down. And I may be gone. Listen, we're not going to build this church. We're not going to build patience on a pastor. We're not going to build patience on, on the other preaching brothers or on our deacons or, or on any of that. You know what we're going to build a patient church on? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. He's the only thing. And so we, we, what I'm trying to show you is we see many Christians quitting. It's because they had their faith wrapped up. And I, I, you guys have all seen this, but we have seen, unfortunately, we have seen pastors get wrapped up in an immor, in, uh, in, in immoral relationship and, and get caught up in, in an, an adulterous affair. And they would be taken down in church. And there were so many people, their religion was all about the pastor. And when that pastor quit, three quarters of them just quit going to church. You know what? It wasn't about Jesus. It was about the pastor. So, so we can't build it on emotion. We can't build it on a pastor. We can't build it on programs and, and, and things that we do in the church. we got a lot of great things going on around here. But the truth is, we don't even know this year. You know, this year, we don't know if any of those programs. We may not have any OCC. We may not have any youth camp. We may not have any more outreach. We don't know what this year holds. But can I tell you, it's not about programs and events and things. It's about Jesus. There should be only one thing that can stop this church, and that is if Jesus lets us down. How many of you know Jesus is not going to let us down? We don't know about the programs. We don't know about the pastor. We don't about the people but we do know Jesus is faithful we're not going to quit because it's all about Jesus we have a nice comfortable church here aren't you thankful for our church padded pews warm comfortable PA system ain't about that people we could lose all of that we don't have any church we don't have any building we don't have any comfort we got to sit out on the cold concrete and can I tell you if it's about Jesus we'll do that anyway what I'm trying to say is we get think a lot of things are about our Christianity. Those aren't what it's about. It's about Jesus. We, we preach about all things. All things are about Jesus. I am confident of this statement. If we will make Sand Hill Church about Jesus, all things Jesus, we'll endure till the end. And if we make it about anything else, we won't make it. Amen? <clears throat> so... The answer is not the pastor, it's not emotions, it's not program. So what is the answer? I thought about how the, uh, when someone came to Jesus one time and said, 
you know, what is the great commandment? Jesus said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like unto it, love thy neighbor as thyself. And he said, if you keep these two, you've kept all the commandments. And that really does sum up the entirety of the Bible. And what I've got down here is A and B is, is just a rewording of that. <clears throat> but we need an intimacy with Jesus. Amen? We need an intimacy with Jesus. Not someone we know about, not someone we admire, not someone we look up to, but an intimate relationship with Jesus. Jesus is your life, literally. When you get up of a morning, it's about Jesus. When you go to bed at night, it's about Jesus. When you give money, it's about Jesus. When you work in the church, it's about Jesus. When you come to church, you don't feel like it, it's about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's an intimate relationship. And as I've already said, you, you are, you're in a relationship where you love him so much you can't imagine quitting Jesus because there's an intimate love there. It's not keeping rules. It's not religion. It is a love for Jesus Christ. And that is, that is what will sustain us. I asked a while ago, why is it that some Christians quit and some Christians don't? And you might think this is really rude. We read in the parable of the saints that some, some got patience and some did not. <clears throat> but it, if you really love Jesus, can you just quit him? I hope everyone's sitting here, I hope every person sitting here this morning thinks, I couldn't quit Jesus if I wanted to. That's what Christianity is. Is anybody with me? That, that's what Christianity is. It's a loving Jesus so much that you can't quit him. It's not, uh, uh, it's, it's love, it's not rules. Uh, so we're, we're building this on loving Jesus and not on keeping rules. And the last thing that I've got here is this, this sort of the love thy neighbor as thyself. So the first one is intimacy with Jesus. The second one is intertwined church. We preached about this a few weeks back, but we got to love Jesus if we're going to endure to the end. And I guess if we wanted to get technical about it, if all we had was Jesus, that's enough. Amen? But anybody here would admit with me that although if all we had is Jesus, that's enough, how many of you would admit with me it's kind of nice to have a few people in it with you? Amen? It's kind of nice. And, and so we're intertwined. And what we mean by that, we said some a uh, few weeks back, but what we mean by that is we, we, we come to Sand Hill, me and Renee were talking about this, but when people come to Sand Hill, your brother Kevin's a good illustration of it, but when people come to Sand Hill and they start becoming part of what we're doing, they don't just walk away easily. Is anybody following me? When, you when you're here, a Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, when you are here for events that are going on, when you are participating in the things we're doing, when this is a part of your life, you can't just quit and walk away. It becomes part of who you are. And when you know that there are people counting on you and people needing you, it tends to make you uh, uh, more patient because you know you got to do what you got to do. And when you know that if you decide to stay home, someone's coming after you, uh, it makes you know uh, that, that they love you and that you can't just walk away. What I'm saying is when we're intertwined with each other, we'll be patient because not only we love Jesus, but we love the people that we go to heaven with. I love you guys. I, I don't know how to say it. I love you guys. I long to be with you guys. I long to, to, to be able to, to be with you. And if I didn't have any of you guys, Jesus is enough. But can I say I'm glad I got you guys? <laughs> I'm glad I've got you guys to go to heaven with. <clears throat> so we're connected. We have love. We have responsibility. I think these things are the, the things that will, that will help us be patient and, and go all the way to the end.
And I hope that was just a little reminder. I doubt it was anything we didn't already know, but I hope it's a little reminder. Life's going to get tough sometimes. We had a little rough spout this week with the virus. We don't know what the future holds. We keep going. Amen? Give me an amen. We keep going. We're, we're going to keep going for Jesus all the way to the end till he comes and gets us. We're going to keep going for Jesus. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.